Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is February 11th, 2021. I am John Harrison, your host. And as a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives, the challenges that we face, and the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, aka discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. We believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing and will help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So today, February 11th, uh, I'm going to the West Coast today. I guess it would be the Mountain Coast, Mountain, Mountain, Mountain mountains. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Coming to me all the way from Gillette, Wyoming. I met this guy last spring. Um, He's been an encouragement to me and I can't wait to hear his story. So welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast, Shay Lundvall. Shay, great to have you, buddy. Good morning, John. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm excited to have you on and we were kind of chuckling before we jumped on. Uh, You're a little bit of a wounded warrior today. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, my daughter and I were... uh... I was picked her up from dance and slipped on some ice and yeah, broke my elbow and tore my tricep. So we're, we're doing this next Tuesday. There you go. I, I like that. You say that so calmly. Broke my elbow and uh, tore my tricep. For those of you listening to the audio, can you give us a little wave with the cache so we can see it on the video? Yeah, there it is. He's got a little, and, he, and he's, it, it happened to his right hand and you can imagine all the things that we do with our right hand in our daily lives for those of us who are right-handed, but we're going to shift gears. Shay. John, wait, 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 should we, ta- should we challenge those listeners out there and be like, Hey, do something with your left hand. Like, yeah, yeah. Try Maybe something you with your left hand. <laughs> Maybe text with your left hand, write with your left hand. And this is cool. Yeah. If you're right hand dominant, Yeah. Um, we are going to stop there. However. So Shay, Gillette, Wyoming, tell us yes, about sir. Gillette. Tell us about your story, your family, fill us in, bro. Yeah, man. So Gillette, Wyoming is a great place to live. I was born and raised here. And um, then I moved to uh, college, away to college, and then moved back. And my wife is a, uh, well, she was a classroom teacher and now is the elementary school counselor. And uh, we have two great kids, uh, daughter is six and a half, and our son is almost four coming up here in March. So We've been blessed here. Gillette is, uh, this is a, a, an awesome community. It's, it's a, a community that is surrounded by coal, oil, and gas is kind of the uh, energy sectors that, that this community thrives on and has provided, uh, I would say, roughly 40% of the nation's in energy. And wow. I think it's something that is often uh, overlooked. But man, this Gillette is a if you're a business person out there and want to relocate here and have, you know, uh, top top tier uh, workers, you know, the work ethic, the pay, the quality of life, uh, open space, you know, things that you don't necessarily like or may maybe not like about those larger cities, and um, this community is is got that and the support here. I often tell people, actually, I just did an interview earlier this this week. Uh, about Gillette. And I would put Gillette up against uh, Silicon Valley 
and those types of places for the support of a startup business and what that might look like for, um, you know, as far as the capital venture, uh, it would be tough to compete with that. But certainly the area, the support, the available facilities, you know, one of my goals as a city councilman is to continue to innovate and, and push this community to, to thrive because the coal industry is, is suffering right now. And mm. we, we need to bring, uh, we have a, uh, some strong uh, business leaders here and, and others that are just brilliant people that I, I want to bring to the table and, and really start to pick their brains on how can we continue to uh, bring other businesses to this community to, to support it and offset some of the, 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 the downturn in the economy that we're starting to see. Mm. So Gillette's a, a uh, we, we, we dub ourselves the energy capital of the nation, which I think is is uh, very true and wholesome. But it's also they're they're laid back folks that that uh, blue collar people that, that really work hard and want to strive for for better. Right. And, and the, the school system here, I think that's something that's truly often overlooked is our school system is unmatched in the support that they get from the state and all over. Gillette has been a leader in our state for a lot of different things from sports to uh, economic things and um, just the people in general. So uh, we're open for business. And you got me fired up about Gillette, Wyoming, man. I, uh, I, you know, there's, there is, if you actually look at what's going on, there's a mass exodus from large cities around the U S right now. I mean, that's no joke. That's real. I mean, people are real. massing, mass exodusing. I don't even know if that's a word. From it is New today. York, from LA, from these these large communities, and they're they're finding these smaller communities. Number one, I think, because you can now be remotely connected, um, thanks to COVID nineteen forcing that. But number two, also, people are realizing, wow, there's other places to live, and you have to continue industry, and and that's fascinating. So I'd never knew that about Gillette, Wyoming. You're you're putting me one step closer of wanting to potentially come visit. I appreciate that. Uh, how about on the professional hey, well, side, man? Yeah, well, to that note, John, I mean, if if the listeners are out there that that really want to learn more, right, jump onto our website, the city website, and, you know, scroll around and search the page. Uh, there's a lot of great things here. And as long as I'm on city council, we're open for business and we want you here and uh, we want to learn more about your story and how, how can we serve you from from the government side of things. Uh, that's our goal is to make sure that uh, we have the infrastructure and uh, ready to go. And uh, awesome. so, yeah. Well, I'm as excited to have you on because you're you're one of the first guys, episode 60, you're one of the first guys I've had who's involved in his, I would say his, um, not spare time, but his extra time um, in local government. And I'm fascinated by your involvement with city council there. We're going to touch on that, but I want to hear about your professional side of things. So what do you do uh, for the business side of things, Shay? Great question. So when I moved back here in 2008, after I graduated college, we, um, my wife and I, she uh, was a student teacher and uh, then got a, a long-term sub contract in the district. And I actually was working in the parks department for the city of Gillette. And so I think that started the launch of my uh, professional career. I, was, I went to school for landscape architecture and business administration. So I think uh, the, the drive was to how can we uh, make things better here 
And, um, you know, oftentimes in design, you see what others don't see and you can, you know, then create it on paper. And then the challenging part is then implementing it in real life. Um, cause everyone knows in those, uh, engineering and architecture and engineering worlds, uh, oftentimes what you see on paper is not what it is in real life. And so you have to try to blend the two as much as you possibly can. And so from there, I went back into, uh, I helped open an architecture and engineering office here in uh, Gillette. And then I moved into the oil and gas industry. Uh, that was around 2012, 13 timeframe. And that was also a, a slow point in our community. And so we really tried to, um, branch out, but the oil and gas industries are, you know, really the bread and butter here. And so, you know, there's some layoffs and some challenging times in that, in that time frame, 2016, 17, 18. And then I, I currently work for um, Earthwork Solutions here in Gillette. And I've had the privilege of, of doing some amazing things, traveling the country I never thought I'd be able to do. And um, the owner of the company is very innovative. We got some stuff in the pipeline that is, um, is just kind of a, a job creation opportunity that I, I, uh, he allows me to be a part of and looking at the, the financial components of, of everything, the business development side, and it's exciting. And, and hopefully as we work through you know, state regulations and different components of that, we can, we can help cre continue to create jobs for our own team and then for others to to uh, hire. And so we're excited about that. Uh, 2021 is uh, we're in the we're just in a lot of processes right now. And and uh, we we currently have a lot of, uh, you know, tentacles in different industries. So we also do a lot of work or not. We don't do a lot of work. We're working, trying to work with the federal government in a lot of like the Forest Service. Um, mine went. Um, and all the different uh, federal government agencies, essentially, um, dam reclamation. Um, so then we partnered with a company out of um, Idaho and we created a joint venture where we team up on projects and um, go and chase after some of these larger projects. So mm. that's job creation. And I think yeah. maybe I'm bearish. But I, th I think we really haven't even started to scratch the surface of the impact that we're really going to see on the economy and on jobs uh, ahead in the next 12, 24, 36 months. So mm. it's so encouraging to hear a guy like you thinking in terms of job creation. I love that. I, th I think that's fascinating as the numbers of unemployment applications keep, keep skyrocketing. Um, sometimes you feel like, you know, if you, you know, if you just pick up one starfish off the beach and throw it back in the ocean, you feel like you're not making a difference in the problem. Well, you did to that one starfish. So I just want to encourage you and affirm you in that, man, just keep that, that job, you know, creation mindset. I haven't heard that from a lot of people and that's really, really encouraging. But, um, so, so working in that industry, I want to understand a little bit more about an aspect that I'm just so impressed by. Um, this year, personally, I'm focusing a lot on my physical fitness, and I know that that's been a huge focus of yours. So talk to me a little bit about pre-elbow breakage, tricep tearage. What was fitness like in your life, and what is it going to be like moving forward? I love these questions because it it is a passion of mine, and I love to see people that 
are inspirations to me. And I was, uh, truth be told, I was a little guy in high school and, um, you know, just kind of one of those thin, late bloomer guys. And I think uh, I, I went off to college and uh, walked on for South Dakota State University, basketball player. And uh, I think that's kind of where the, the ultimate drive started. I uh, got a taste of everything uh, college life and uh, the weight room and just kind of the, the camaraderie there. And I think it, it jump-started everything for me from there. And after I moved back, so in that world there, you're competitive, right? You're, you're oftentimes competing about anything in the weight room. So after college then, I moved back home and – I didn't have, what was I going to do? I didn't have, you know, I was trying to start my life over in that sense and trying to figure out what I was going to try to compete in and, and whatnot. Well, then shortly thereafter, and probably I want to say 2014, uh, it's been, so it was a while after I moved back in 20, 2008. Um, there was a, every year there's a, a local strongman competition uh, through the rec center. And I just thought, hmm, wonder I wonder what this is like. I mean, I've always gone as a kid and we always went and ate hot dogs, but I never competed or I never did anything with it. Well, then they have this, I don't know. So I, I competed and nonetheless, I did well. And then I thought, I wonder what else I could do. And then I um, noticed uh, there was a, uh, about, uh, well, it was a town called Buffalo, Wyoming. And I uh, thought, well, shoot out. I wonder what they have over there. Well, lo and behold, they had a competition over there and it was in Sheridan, I believe. And so I can, went over and competed. And, and after that, uh, it was in 2017 uh, that I just fell in love with, with uh, strongman training. And it was amazing. I, I have had the privilege and opportunity literally to train and learn um, from the four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw, and um, the current world powerlifting holder named Blaine Sumner. He, him and his wife live here in Gillette. And, uh, man, there, you know, resources like that don't come around very often. And, man, it's just been a, a – Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I want to I know more, but I got to ask you three questions. Okay. What is your max ever max in squat bench and deadlift? Yeah. So I I, know. truthfully, I haven't, um, there's just different training things, right? And different, they're different lifts. Uh, I haven't maxed out in man a long time. So I, I don't know if I could give you a specific number. Cause I just, I very seldom the guy. So the gym that I go to has a competition board and weight classes and, they have the the max number and all the guys, you know, are wanting me to, you know, you need to push me, you know, you know, yeah, I do, but I'll do that in other ways. You know, to me, I don't want my, you know, I don't want my name up there. I know what I can do. I'm confident in that. Uh, I keep training. They push me. Uh, so we have some good camaraderie in the gym, but to, to answer your question, I'm kind of skirting around it a little bit um, and you know it, but uh, there's a, there's a slingshot training. And the whole point of that is simply to overload and uh, it helps probably 
I don't know, 30, 20 to 35% of your max. And so um, it, it just kind of helps with the mindset and the, the ability to handle that kind of a weight. Right. And it keeps your form really tight. And mm-hmm. well, uh, this last week I on bench press as in, to answer your question, I hit five fifteen. Woo! So, had to move my waist my way from the mic. Five fifteen on bench. Yeah, with with a slingshot. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Come on, yeah, man. It's yeah. good. Hey, man, listen, I gotta celebrate what I can, right? Yeah, great, so it's real, guys. real quick to just point out a little story. I was in high school, and uh, and we were doing, um, you know, 50 percent of our max. And uh, I didn't really know what that was. So some buddies and I were lifting and I was like, yeah, throw up the bar and, and, and a 45 on each. Right. Well, so they throw it down. I lay down and, and I go and, and the teacher walks by and goes, hey, hey, we're not maxing out today, man. It's 50 percent of your max. And I was like, oh, help, help. So that was that was 135 for you average listeners out there uh, to give you an idea. So 515. So we'll move on from that. I'm sure the deadlift and squat is even I mean, I can't even imagine a thousand. Yeah. Fifteen hundred? No. A car? A car? No. Well, a tractor? Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of work, and you know. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool. So, um, the verse that comes to mind for me: First Timothy four seven, which says, "For physical training is of some value, but godliness training is of more value because it has value in this life and the next." And so, I want to shift a little bit to kind of your your spiritual story. So, can you just kind of give us a couple minute update of? kind of how you got to where you are today spiritually. So I, I've been very blessed, uh, been born and raised in a very godly uh, home environment. And mom and dad were uh, truthfully, this is the foundation and why they get all virtually all the credit in that aspect. Because yes, at some point we do have the choices to either continue what your mom and dad teach you or do your own thing. In a lot of ways, uh, I truly didn't want to try and disappoint them. Um, I really wanted to try to carry those those principles forward into college and in, into my own personal life. And so the spiritual walk is just that. It's a journey. And it was something that throughout um, my high school, junior high, high school years, uh, was often made fun of, you know, the Bible thumper, the uh, the guy that's just kind of the square in the group. Uh, didn't want to, you know, I was never the partier guy. Didn't, you know, I wasn't sleeping around. You know, I just, I did my own thing and created my own paths in a lot of ways. And that, that often got, you know, uh, ridiculed and chastised. But, uh, you know, I think the turning point in my spiritual walk was my senior year when I was cut my ice from my high school basketball team. And um, so played all the way up until my senior year. And at that point in my walk, it was kind of, you know, just kind of just walking. Let's, uh, I guess call it what it is. And then when that hit, it was all things shattered. Um, not knowing really where to go, what to do. And then I realized that, you know, that sometimes you, you can't rely on your family. I mean, yeah, you can in that sense, but, really the Lord challenged and um, allowed that to happen and was there by my side the whole time. And um, from there, it was just um, a drive to really want to um, 
continuing to college. And I had moved uh, from Dickinson State University my freshman year over to South Dakota State University. And uh, that's where I met some incredible mentors and leaders uh, in my spiritual walk. And I, and I'd met some at Dickinson state too, but I think it really flourished at, at, uh, South Dakota state. And man, I, I think that journey, I think there's a gentleman, his name is Bruce Burkhart. And, uh, still to this day, we, I just, you know, I just talked to him yesterday. As a matter of fact, uh, he's just a great friend. I mean, he, he, he was my mentor in college. And then, you know, when you're young and, you know, trying to learn your way about business. And he started the whole process of me wanting to to dive into business and creating that momentum for me to say, you know what, you can do business and, and live your life for Christ. Like it's, it is possible. They can coexist and, and you can do it the right way, right? Are you going to make the every decision? No. Uh, are you going to um, challenge, you know, I mean, he just was that challenging individual for me and, and, um, I think it, it just turned into a friendship that will be forever. And, you know, so I know that's probably a little bit more than you wanted, but that's never, I mean, I no, the, you summed up, I was, I was going to jump to a question that I always ask where it says, you know, what's the impact that discipleship or peer groups have had on your life. And I think that sums it up for you where, you know, a guy like Bruce, who was a little bit further along in his faith came alongside you um, you stayed in regular relationship with with each other. He probably gave you affirmation. He probably gave you appreciation, maybe gave you accountability um, and also helped you understand, hey, not only this is what it means to follow Jesus, but this is what it looks like to follow Jesus and modeled it for you. Is that fair to say? Sure. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. awesome, man. Well, praise the Lord for Bruce and, and the impact he's had on your life and and fast forward to kind of where you are today. Um, that's awesome, man. So there is one thing. So, so you talked about getting cut from your senior year basketball team. Uh, yeah, that is that's a painful thing, and I, and I think it 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 shakes our world at formative years like that, especially when something is so important to us. But it mm -hmm. sounds like you've learned the lesson of perseverance, I and mean, that yeah. is fascinating. Yeah, I think that the the most difficult challenge for me was then seeing your your peers go on and win the state championship, and mm -hmm. I think that's a uh, something you'll, you know, I'll always live with for the rest of my life, but it's also something that drives me too. And I think you often hear stories of other professional athletes in track or what have you, where you have injuries and you have setbacks. And, you know, my story is one of, of um, you get knocked down and you get up again, you know, it's no different than anybody else. I don't, this is truly the first time I've really been open about that. And I think it's something that has been a challenge for me to talk about it uh, in an open setting like this. Uh, I think it, I just try to live my life as, as, as let my walk be the talk and, you know, it's not perfect, but I don't think anybody expects perfection either. And I, I mean, I think it's something where, um, I, you know, I'm in, in college, my, my basketball coach should, you know, because you come from different backgrounds, right. And you have all these different egos at a college uh, level. And he'd often, often tell us in the locker room that, you know, your, your, your name on the front of the jersey is what's important. Important. You know, people re will respect the name on the back of the jersey when you play for the name on the front of the jersey. And I think that's always resonated with me because it was kind of drilled home uh, that, you, you know, the team comes before yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you um, – some people took it to heart. Others didn't. Um, 
and you saw that on the court, you saw that in practice. And I think it's something that you carry over into the workforce, you know, and, and there's so many different analogies you can pull from that. And, but by and large, it's something that, you know, I've tried to, to live through and live out that you just, you live your life uh, the way that God has asked you to do it. And sometimes you don't know, right. It's, but that's where the fellowship, the wisdom and the knowledge and truth that I often ask for uh, to guide and direct, because I think there's, there's value in that. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you open up about that. One verse that I, I think is so important is Revelation 12, 11, which says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I think God took your tests and turned it into a testimony. God has taken your pain and has turned it into a platform. He's taken that mess you went through and now turning it into a message that could serve as an encouragement to other people who have maybe never opened up about or identified the trauma that was existed or, or that's really their driving force was the frustration from that experience. So I appreciate your authenticity about that, Shay. Um, so you're, you're married, two young children, uh, broken elbow, torn tricep. Uh, how old a guy are you, Shay? Uh, 36 will be 37 here in the middle of March. So, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, I want you to think back to 10 or 12 years ago. Um, sky is blue. Grass is white in Wyoming right now. Uh, I guess I should say the ground is white. Um, you're sitting across the table from a younger Shay. Uh, what's something that you tell yourself? Well, that's a good question, John, man. I think I would, uh, I would tell myself to follow Jesus no matter what. And I think there's uh, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to have people not like you for one variation or another. Um, and the sooner you figure things out to the younger Shay, the better off you're going to be. And, that's in all aspects of, of life. And if you put, if you can dedicate yourself to seek to seeking to understand the situations uh, before you assume and, and jump to the conclusions, um, the people, and I, I would maybe add this to say to my younger self that the, it's not about who, you know, it's about how you treat others. And I, I know that sounds cliche. There's books on it. There's, you know, everything of that, that sort, but you know, those, those people that you come across, every person has a story. And if you can learn their story, you might not learn it right away, but if you can engage with that individual, learn who they are and build relationships, you, you never know who will be your boss. You with me? So if you can learn the art of dealing with people, then you're going to be much further ahead in, in the relationship world and in, in career and in life. So um, the younger self needs to understand that That's it's going to be tough. Things. Two right? super impactful things there, Shay. Uh, follow Jesus no matter what. Um, you talked about you get made fun of, you get put in a box, whatever you, you know. There's a P word for that. It's called persecution. Uh, I think it's John 16, 33. Um, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. But I just appreciate that message no matter what. And then it's about how you treat others. 
I mean, that's, it's about how you treat others and, and never burn a bridge. You never know when you'll have to cross that bridge again. Um, so Shay, your verse of the day today that we have is comes from a book of Isaiah and it's Isaiah 40, 10. It says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What does this verse mean to you, Shay? Uh, I think it just means a lot of things, but I, for me, it's something that uh, it, it has become real life over the last year or so in in my life. And so when when you see God fight for you and and hold you up and in ways that there is no other explanation, there is, the only explanation is is that God provided and used his righteous right hand to protect you. And I think it's something that um, once you see that in your life, uh, it's really difficult to um, waver from that. And I think the challenge then is to, and I often say this to people and I don't want this to be misconstrued, but I, um, I would say that I don't want to be like Peter, learn the stuff, know that Jesus, you know, holds and you've seen it firsthand. You've seen who Jesus is, but then deny him, you know, when, when it's really difficult. Does that make sense? When push comes to shove. When push comes to shove, like I want, I want Jesus to know that in those moments, you know, I, you're going to, you're going to stand up. You're going to be there. You're going to acknowledge him before others. And he will acknowledge you before his father in heaven. Amen, bro. That is so good, Shay. That's uh, so good, man. So you were, you were referencing, um, we we're talking about it, Isaiah 41.10. And I know this year has been a lot of trials, a lot of difficulties for you. And to have, um, to have the experience of knowing that the Lord was with you. And he upheld you with his righteous right hand in times of difficulty. Yeah, man. I think it's it's um, it's something that you you really believe in, and you want other people to experience that. And it's powerful. Amen and hallelujah. Which hallelujah means praise the Lord. Shay, this has been um, it's been an honor to have you on, man. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your difficulties. Thank you for sharing your bench press, not even your max, but I have something to work towards um, because I had 35 dumbbells this morning at my workout. So I'm almost there on the way. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing your heart. I loved having you on and and I love what you're doing there in Gillette. Uh, I I think I might have to come visit Gillette after you're advertising in the early on in the show. So uh, God bless you, man. Thanks for what you're doing on your local city council. And all the best to you and a speedy recovery, man. Fill up quick. <laughs> Thanks, Fill up brother. Quick. I appreciate it, man. All right. Take care, Shay. Yep. Man, what a what an awesome, awesome time together with Shay. Um, we talked about a lot in a short amount of time. We got to to hear his story. I love that he opened up about some of the difficulties he had of getting cut his senior year from his basketball team and then have his his co or uh, his peers go on and win the state championship. 
I mean, that's a challenge, right? But but opening up about those difficulties, I I loved how he talked so passionately about his hometown there in Gillette and, and serving on the city city council. Uh, I think that's an amazing thing, serving, really trying to make his community better um, and using that platform to to help improve things locally in his area. Um, we talked about uh, the persecution that he experienced. Um, I love this idea that he talked about playing for the name on the front, not on the back. Like, it's simple, but it's not easy. I think it's really simple to play for the name on the back of uh, on the front of the jersey, but it's not easy, right? We're constantly encouraged by this world to be putting the name on the back of the jersey on the front, right? We live in a self-promotion era. Take care of yourself. Promote yourself. Be an influencer. Um, make sure you build your brand. Build your identity, right? Well, what if we all thought about building the name on the front? And what is the name on the front of your jersey? What is the name that you're trying to build? I think that's a good question to ask ourselves. Um, and then I asked Shay what he would tell his younger self, and it was beautiful. Two things. Number one, follow Jesus no matter what. Man, talk about simple and not easy. And number two, it's about how you treat others. It's not about who you know, but it's about how you treat them, those that you know. Man, that was a word for me today, I think. Uh, and then finally, we close with Isaiah 40 excuse me, Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Shay shared within his journey, the impact that Bruce had on his life when he was at South Dakota State, when he had a guy come alongside him and mentor and disciple him. And that's one of the things we believe in at CBMC. So if you want to get to connected to an older guy, Go to ycbguy.com, Y as in young, C as in Christian, B as in business guy, G-U-Y.com, ycbguy.com. There's four boxes there. Number one, you can get connected to a mentor in person or virtually. We have guys across the country who are wanting to serve as a mentors in that capacity. Number two, we can get you connected to our national weekly call for young Christian business guys across the country. Number three, if you want to find uh, a group of guys to meet with on a regular basis, we can get you connected virtually or in person. And finally, there's a fourth box there. And this is an important box. It says, I want to learn more about what it means to be a Christian. I want to process through. I want to have a conversation with somebody and I want to dig deep. We believe that faith is not the absence of doubt, but it's the processing of doubt. If you want to have that conversation, go to ycbguy.com, fill out your information, and we will get you connected today. So thanks for tuning in to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. Today is February 11th. 2021. I am John Harrison, your host. Remember, stay on purpose and we'll see you next time. Take care.